What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Samantha Clark on today's episode. I'm so excited to get to know a little bit more about her. Samantha, I'm just going to toss it at you. Start wherever you'd like with your story. Okay, thanks. Um, First, I'm just going to say I'm so excited to be on here because the podcast has helped me so much. And it's so it's so fun to actually be on the phone with you today instead of just listening to someone else's story. So um, thank you again for doing this. Yeah, thank you for jumping on and sharing. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll start with my husband and I story. I know some people do that. Um, we have been married almost seven years now. So we met, um, I guess in 2010 and I was actually just about to move to go to grad school. And so we were long distance for two years. Um, we got engaged and then I moved, uh, down here where he lives. And, um, so to be honest, I, and hopefully this doesn't offend anyone, but I spent like a good part of my life thinking I did not want children. So for a very long time, I babysat, I worked at summer camps. Um, I just spent a lot of my time working with children. And so I realized like how much work it was and we're both really focused on our careers and we're big adventurers. So I just wasn't sure. And I really thought like, nope, we're probably good without kids. Um, and so even the first couple of years of our marriage, I still felt that way. Like we were very focused on work. Um, we like, we, like I said, we're big adventurers. So we like to go on trips to national parks. We just did like Yellowstone and Tetons last summer. Um, and we just like doing stuff. And I didn't know how to have a kid and do that at the same time. So sometime probably in the last couple of years, we started going on vacations and I was watching other people and I was like, Oh, these people are snorkeling with their kids and they're hiking in the Tetons with their kids. We, maybe we can do this. Um, so I started feeling that way. And then, um, honestly didn't like, didn't put a whole lot of thought into it. And then the last year we were kind of like, okay, uh, I'm 32 and my husband's almost 40. And we we're like, we probably need to, um, decide if we want to have kids. Like we need to probably need to get a move on. So the pandemic hit, um, and everything just stopped instantly. So I work a lot. I teach school and then, um, I'm a performer. I play viola. So I do weddings and I do concerts. Um, uh, so most of my weekends are busy. Um, I also run like a nonprofit after school program that like uh, teaches music to underprivileged kids. So I do that. I run the summer camp. Um, and with everything stopping instantly, I finally just realized like, okay, I do want a kid. I just didn't realize that I did because I was working so much because I kept telling myself like, I don't, I can't handle my life as it is too stressful. I don't know if I can handle a kid too. So we like in, in that sense, the pandemic was almost not that it's a blessing, but it was almost a blessing. Cause I thought, Oh, I'm, I'm finally slowing down enough. Maybe I do want a kid. So, um, I'll just backtrack a little bit. So, um, sorry, I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm like talking really fast. Oh, so, you're good. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird to share these stories in full. It is. It is. It's like, very I'm weird. It mm-hmm. I, like I wrote the whole thing down probably a month ago. Um, and I, I've talked in little bits and pieces, but like telling the whole story is a lot. Yeah. It's <laughs> very different. You're doing good. <laughs> so, um, 
I, I don't know if you've ever read Sean and I, any of Sean and Iquist stuff. I, I hope I'm saying her last name right. Um, I'm a big reader. So she has like a devotional book that's like 365 days. Um, and I remember doing it. I've, I, I've, you know, done it a couple years. And I remember doing it like a year ago. <clears throat> and she really talks about going through a season where um, her marriage was just tough. And uh, like, not that it was tough in means of like, you know, them not doing well, but like, they just had a bad season where it seemed like nothing was going right. And they were struggling with infertility and all this. Um, and I remember thinking at the time, like, okay, like we've, we've lost some family members. We've been through some stuff, but I don't know if we've really had a bad season. And this is, this has been a bad season. So <laughs> there's all these memes right now about, you know, 2020 and it's, you know, how it's a terrible year. Well, it's, it's been a tough season for us probably starting uh, last March. So um, last March, my, we found out that my husband's father had cancer. Um, so he started, you know, to battle with that. My great aunt passed away. Um, we found out that our cat had kidney disease. So that all happened. That was tough. And we kind of had a couple months of, um, you know, trying to be there for my husband's family while his dad was battling cancer. Um, <clears throat> and then my husband's always had really bad allergies. So he was supposed to have, uh, just a normal sinus surgery in November, which not a big deal. Like people do this all the time. And, um, and the doctor was telling us it's, it's totally safe and this is going to really help his allergies. So we, um, he went to get the, the allergy surgery in November. Um, and I didn't really think anything of it cause they had been so comforting for us and like telling us it was okay. So I took a day off work and I like, I went, um, I went to be there, you know, cause I had to drive him home cause he was being put under and everything. And I had like my little bag of books and my headphones and I was just prepared to sit in the waiting room. They said it was going to be like two hours. Um, and everything was going to be fine. So I'm reading my books and like two hours has passed and I'm going, okay, it's been two hours. Maybe I should check and see what's going on. So, um, and like my husband's mom was texting me like, what's going on? Is everything okay? And I was like, I don't know. It's been two hours. Maybe I should go check. So I went and talked to them and they were like, no, everything's fine. It's just, it's taking a little longer than expected. Um, so we'll come back and get you in a little bit. And like two more hours went by. And they, like, when we got there, they told me this is going to be an hour and a half, maybe two hours. So we're four hours in now. And um, they finally, the nurse was like, okay, everything's, everything's fine and done. Like, the doctor's going to come get you soon. So the doctor came out, and he was like, your husband's in recovery. Um, I, I just need to pull you aside and talk to you for a minute. And my heart just, just dropped. Um, <clears throat> so he took me in, like, another another room and he was like, you know, your husband's fine. He's okay. But we had a little hiccup. Um, and so what happens, like when they do this sinus surgery, um, I think basically they're removing some of your sinuses so that you can breathe easier when you have allergy issues. <clears throat> and while they were doing it, um, the wall, like the lining between your brain and your sinuses, like it cracked. Um, and so like, they had to like stop what they were doing and repair it. And it, um, so, and that's why it took so long. So, um, and you know, I went back to get him and, and he's like, he's freaking out. Cause he's like, why are you looking at me so funny? What's wrong? And I'm, I like, I don't want to tell him like, basically the doctor just told me you almost died. And like my stomach is flipping out right now. Um, so I'm trying to be like as positive and helpful as I can, but I was just terrified. Um, so, you know, he, he was okay. Um, and everything ended up being fine, but it was like several months of, he didn't work probably for a month and a half. 
Um, and I was still teaching school and it was Christmas and we had Christmas concerts and all this stuff. So I was trying to take off work as much as I could and be home, but, um, <clears throat> but it was hard. So we got through that and he's fine now. I mean, everything's totally fine, but that was very traumatic. Like I had never been through like the thought of, of losing my spouse before. Um, so that happened. Um, and in January, unfortunately, his dad lost his battle, his battle with cancer. Um, and that's the first time that either of us have lost a parent. So that was, um, I'm sure much more traumatic for him, but it, it was very tough also. Um, so that happened in January and this is right before like the pandemic hits, <laughs> like we're starting to kind of hear grumblings of it in February, March. Um, <clears throat> and so we're just kind of going about our business. Um, and you're kind of hearing things about the pandemic, but we weren't too worried about it. Um, and then middle of March, um, you know, school was canceled. So, and, and my husband was working from home. So we're all at home. Uh, and I think like we were home more, so we were talking a lot and we finally just had this aha moment where we were like, okay, we, we want kids. Like, what are we waiting for? Maybe we just need to start trying. So I stopped taking my birth control, um, probably the end of March. And I just didn't really think anything of it. I don't think I thought we were going to have fertility issues or anything like that. Um, but I knew friends that like had tried for a year or two years and it just took forever. And they, you know, had, I guess what they call unexplained infertility. Um, so I was like, we just need to start trying in case it takes a year. So I didn't really have any expectations at all. Um, and during this time, you know, I said it, it's, it's kind of been a bad season. Um, we, we love our pets. We have three pets. So we still have our cat that, you know, that has kidney disease and he's doing okay. Um, and we have a beagle and then we have a lab named Ollie. And I got Ollie when I graduated from college. So he's like, he's my firstborn child. Like he's my baby. Um, and we love our dogs. Like we walk them every day. We like taking them, you know, on trips with us when we can. And they're, you know, they're just super special to us. Um, so I'm like teaching school online one day cause we're doing everything is on Zoom. We're doing these Zoom classes. Um, and Ollie's just like sitting in the corner and he's just, I can tell he's not right. So he's kind of, you know, he's just sitting up. He's looking at me uncomfortably. He's kind of grumbly. So I took him to the vet um, and we found out that he has a very aggressive cancer. So he's uh, 11 years old. He'd be 12 in a month. Um, and so uh, we found out like, they basically said he has one to four months to live. Um, and that was really hard because he's, he's just such a sweet dog and he's my baby. <laughs> um, but three months later, like he's still doing well. Um, he's very skinny, but he's, he's still doing well. But that was just, that was a really tough time. Um, so after we found out he had cancer, um, it was Sunday afternoon. And um, I think my husband was like having a yard visit with his mom, like he drove to visit his mom, you know, but it's COVID. So like he couldn't go in her house or anything. Like I think they had their, their yard visit and I stayed at home. Um, and I had actually made a quiche cause I wanted to have breakfast. You know, I wanted to have like food ready when my husband got home. So we had, you know, food for the week and I made this quiche and I spent so much time on it and I put it on the counter and I went for a bike ride. And um, <laughs> while I was on the bike ride, Ollie pulled the quiche off the counter and ate the entire thing, <laughs> which, um, I was stressed because I didn't want him to get sick, but it, you know, normally that would be a pretty funny thing, but I just cried and cried and cried like for hours. I was like so upset that he had eaten this quiche and my husband thought I was crazy. 
and I didn't think anything of it. And I got up the next morning um, and my period was a week late, but again, like I had already done the, like, we weren't like tracking ovulation or anything like that, but um, I did have pregnancy tests just to see. So I had tested the week before and it was negative. So I didn't think anything of it. <clears throat> so at this point, my period's a week late. So I got up the next morning and I was just like, hmm, I'm, I'm very emotional. Now my period's a week late. Maybe I should test. And I, I, again, I didn't expect anything. And um, I took three tests and they all came up positive. <laughs> so I was completely shocked. I was just, I didn't expect that at all. This is like, you know, exactly a month after we started trying. Um, <clears throat> so I was super excited. I honestly, I, I still had like a couple days of kind of going, oh, was this a good idea? Like, are we going to be able to handle having a kid? Um, but at the same time, I was just, I was immediately in mom mode. Like I, um, I got all this spinach and salmon, like I was going to eat my greens and eat my salmon. And I got all the special vitamins and um, I was just trying to be super healthy. Um, and my husband had gone back to work at this point. So I didn't want to just call him. Um, I wanted to do something like cute and tell him. So I made a little sign that said like promoted to daddy and I put um, the pregnancy test and I like wrapped it up and gave it to him when I got home and like video recorded the whole thing. Um, and he was super shocked too. So he was, he was surprised, but like he was excited pretty quick. Um, and we were all in. So we started picking names. We like picked paint colors, painted the nursery, which now, like looking back, I'm like, maybe we shouldn't have done that so fast, but I couldn't help it. Like I was just so excited. Um, so we painted the nursery. We started like doing all these house projects because I was like, oh, we have nine months. We need to get the house in order. We, we need to start doing all this. So we're doing house projects. We picked names. Um, and we were actually supposed to go to Utah this summer for a national parks trip, um, <clears throat> which we couldn't do because of COVID. So I was thinking, oh my gosh, this timing is perfect. Like now, uh, next summer, they'll be like, you know, four or five months old. We can get one of those cute packs and we can still do our Utah trip and we can go hike with them. So we were just super excited. Um, so I called my doctor and they were like, well, how far along are you? And at this point, like, I didn't really know anything about being pregnant. Like, I didn't know that it started from the first day of your last period. Um, and to be honest, I wasn't quite sure when my last period was because I'd gotten off my birth control, like, and I kind of had a second period, like, so I had my period and then a week later we decided to stop taking birth control. So then I like had bleeding again. So I wasn't sure if I should tell them like my actual last period or, or the day like after that. So I didn't know how, how far along I was. So they had me go in to do the HCG test. And um, it was like, I think 340. And they said, oh, well, you're probably two or three weeks long, which in hindsight, I probably should have known that that was not correct. Like at that point, like now doing all the obsessive research, I know that I was already four weeks along at least. Um, so they had me go back in two days and um, they wanted to see if it doubled. And I remember then like the nurse, you know, was like, congratulations. Yay. We're so happy for you. And uh, you know, we're going to see you at, um, I think five or six weeks. So they put a schedule on a calendar. I mean, they put an appointment on the calendar for June. <clears throat> um, and then she was saying, you know, we're going to have you go back in two days to test just to make sure this is a good pregnancy. And I just thought like, what do you mean? Of course, this is a good pregnancy. Like everything's fine. 
And I, I, of course I'd heard people that had had miscarriages, but I didn't really think anything of it um, until she said that. And I think after the year that we'd already had, I, my heart just stopped. Like, I was like, what do you mean? Something could go wrong. Like this, this isn't going to work. Um, so I definitely like, I hear stories. I've heard some of the stories on here of women, like being nervous, um, especially after a loss. But I, as soon as she said that I was like, I was anxious. Um, so I started doing tests every day, which probably wasn't normal or healthy, <laughs> but I was just anxious. I kept thinking like, Oh, we've had so much go wrong this year. Um, there's no way we got this lucky. You know, there's no way we got pregnant the first time. And, um, and I actually, this is a healthy baby. And so I, I already was anxious. Um, so I got the second test. Everything was fine. Like it doubled. Um, and they were like, okay, we'll just see you in three weeks. So I, I like I said, I was anxious. Um, but I, I was still really excited and pretty hopeful. Um, <clears throat> so I think I had told some people at this point, I really didn't tell a ton of people yet. We were kind of thinking we had in our head, like, okay, when we get the first ultrasound, um, we're going to tell our close friends and family. Um, and then in July, we're going to do a cute little like red, white, and do announcement and do the whole thing. Um, so I think I immediately texted <clears throat> a couple of my close friends. Um, we waited a couple days because it's funny. I said, like, I don't know if we should tell our moms because then what if we lose the baby and then they'll be sad. But I just couldn't not tell them. Uh, so we told them too. And they were, of course, you know, super excited. They already have grandkids, but um, they were super excited. So we told them. Um, I had told a couple of friends. I have a friend that's a doctor. Um, and I told her, and I have a friend that's a nurse, our school nurse. And I told her, because I, I had all these questions. I was like, oh my gosh, I had a glass of wine, you know, the week before we found out I was pregnant that I killed my baby. Like, um, can I do this? Can I drink coffee? Can I still run? So I had all these questions. Um, so I, I, you know, I wanted to talk to people and, and kind of ask some questions. So everything just kind of ticked along for like three weeks. Um, and honestly, like with the tough year that it's been, um, that was the happiest we had been in a while. And I, I think with, with the pandemic and everything going on, <clears throat> excuse me, um, it was just such a like ray of sunlight because we were like, okay, like we're losing Ollie. Like it's been a tough year, but like we have a baby, like the, we have a baby on the way. Um, so we were just, we were just happy and we were just kind of ticking along these three weeks, very happy. Um, and then about three weeks in, we were actually at Lowe's that morning. Um, we got up super early because I was afraid of people being out. So we have our masks on. It's like six o'clock in the morning and I'm picking out paint colors at Lowe's. Um, and I'm sure the lady at Lowe's is like, not I'm all happy and I'm like we're getting paint for the nursery like which kind should we get and she's like I don't know just pick a color and I'm like be happy for me I'm picking nursery paint um, <laughs> but so anyway so we bought our paint uh, and we came home and we're you know we're we're kind of like working in the nursery I wasn't painting because I, I wasn't sure if the fumes were good but I was like telling him what I wanted to do with the paint and, and um, I started to feel a little crampy and I was like, maybe, you know, of course you immediately start Googling. I was like, okay, maybe this is normal. Um, it's just a little bit of cramping. Um, so I went to the bathroom and there was like the tiniest dot of pink. And I was like, oh, okay, well maybe it's still okay. Cause they said a little bit of spotting and you know, a little cramping is fine. Um, and I was fine for a couple hours. Um, and then the cramping definitely got worse. And um, <clears throat> I went to the bathroom again and there was more blood. <clears throat> and they tell you, you know, if it's brown or it's dark, like maybe that's okay. But if it's bright red, it's not good. And it was bright red. And I thought, oh, 
I, I'm losing my baby. Like, this is it. Um, so I immediately like texted my friend that's the nurse and I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I think I'm losing the baby. Um, and she, and it was Saturday. So I'm like, okay, um, I can't go to the doctor. What do I do? So she was like, no, no, you need to call, like call these, see if they have an on-call nurse. Um, <clears throat> so I called and the on-call nurse was like, um, it might be, but it might also not be just, you know, take it easy, <clears throat> like lay down, um, and just relax. And we're going to get you in on Monday. <clears throat> so I was like, okay, I'm just, I'm going to take it easy. Um, and we just gone to Costco the day before. So I had like the Costco size bag of hippies and I'm like sitting in bed watching TV and like eating my hippies. Um, <laughs> I probably ate half the bag. <laughs> so, um, I'm super stressed. And like my husband came back inside from mowing the grass and I'm like, I'm just like in bed eating my hippies. And, and I, at this point, I'm, I don't think I had cried yet. Um, but I was just very nervous. Um, and I, I kind of was just sitting in bed anxiously and it was like, what, what's the matter? What's happening? And I was like, I, my, I think the baby died. Like, I think I'm losing the baby. Um, and I didn't expect him to be so sad. I mean, I think, you know, your husband, like husbands are just always so, uh, like stoic and they definitely handle their emotions differently. Um, but he was sad and he was worried for me. Um, so the cramping definitely got worse. Um, we just went to bed that night and uh, I woke up the next morning and it was, um, I was in like the worst pain that I've ever been in. And when I talked to the on-call nurse the day before, she had told me like, okay, well, you know, if you are miscarrying, like if you're in really severe pain or <clears throat> you start bleeding to the point that you're like filling pads and having to change them frequently, then maybe go to the emergency room. But she said like, honestly, with COVID, I wouldn't suggest it. I would just wait until you come in on Monday. So I'm feeling pretty horrible on Sunday. Um, I was having like low back pain. Um, I just had the most intense cramping that I've ever had. And I've heard a couple of women say this before too, but <clears throat> doctors really need to stop saying like, oh, it's just like a bad period. It's not like a bad period. Um, so I'm just having horrible, horrible cramping. Um, I'm losing a lot of blood now, like not to the point that I felt like I needed to go to the doctor or anything, but I just, I'm losing a lot of blood. Um, and I started to feel better for a minute. And so I'm thinking like, okay, this is it. Like miscarriage done, like baby's gone. Like, uh, and I just wanted to run. So I, I'm like a super active person and like, uh, running is always kind of like therapeutic for me. Um, so I told my husband, I was like, I just want to go run. He's, you know, is that a good idea? Like they told you to take it easy. And I was like, well, they told me to take it easy. Like in case I wasn't miscarrying, I was like, I know my baby's dead. Like, but I just want to go run. Um, so we went and ran, uh, and we got back from running and I just was doubled over and I, I was in so much pain, like worse than I was in the morning. Um, so I don't know if running was a good idea, but, uh, but I wanted to go run and, you know, it, it did help my mental state a little bit. Uh, so we got back and, um, I just got in bed, um, and I was just doubled over. Like I was just kind of sitting criss, you know, crisscross sitting in the bed. Um, my back was hurting. I was just having um, the most intense cramping. Um, I was actually getting nauseous at this point. So I'm throwing up and my husband was like, do we, do we need to go to the emergency room? Cause you're white. Um, like my face was white. Um, I was just, I was shaking. I, you know, and I just, I sat in bed. Um, and I think eventually like he went to bed. Um, and I ended up just sitting up in the bathroom for most of the night and I was just sick, um, and passing like big clots. Um, and I still didn't know, like, 
I didn't know um, if everything was done yet because obviously that morning like I had thought everything was over I kind of started to feel better and then wasn't um, but I did I, I kind of felt like I needed to to push something out and I had one big you know kind of gush and I knew like that was it it was done um, and so I finally like I actually started to feel a little bit better and I laid down and went to sleep um, so that was probably four o'clock in the morning and uh, I had my alarm set I got up at six because um, this is the end of the school year now. And with COVID, um, we had to clean our classrooms out, but we had an assigned time. So, because they didn't want too many teachers in the school at once. So I knew like I had to go to one of my schools at seven o'clock in the morning. Um, I had to clean my classroom out, which in itself, like that was, I don't, uh, that was such a hard thing because it was the strangest school year that I, I've been teaching for seven years. And it was just so sad and so strange. So, you know, it's the end of the school year. We had, um, concerts we didn't get to do and field trips we didn't get to do. Um, I didn't get to say goodbye to any of my fifth graders. So I'm already sad, like going in and cleaning out my classroom, but I just wanted to get it done. Um, and I think I also wanted to work to kind of keep my mind off of things. So I went to work, I cleaned out my classroom. Um, and as soon as the doctor was open, I called them. And naively, I was like, okay, well, I think everything's done, so I don't need to come in, right? And they were like, no, you, you need to come in. We need to make sure you're okay. <laughs> so I didn't want to go in. I, I, I was like, I know, like, this, this is not good. My husband can't even come with me because of COVID. Like, um, I don't want to go. So um, I called my, I, they made an appointment. They were like, okay, we can get you in for ultrasound at 11. And then your doctor doesn't have an appointment until the afternoon. So let's get your ultrasound, get your lab work done. Um, and then maybe you can go get lunch and come back. Um, so again, I was like telling my husband, I was like, I don't, I don't want to go. And he kept saying, do you want me to go with you? And I was like, well, you, you can't come in. Like, you're just going to have to sit in the car. Like, no, I'm just going to go. I'm going to get it done. Um, so I went to the doctor and of course it's, it's just so bizarre. Like you're already a little bit nervous being at the hospital um, with everything that's going on. <clears throat> and then you get to the door and they're like, okay, do you have a fever? Like, have you been around anyone that has COVID in two weeks? They're asking you all these questions and you've got your mask on. And um, at, at this point, I still don't know that I had cried. So I'm like trying to hold it together. Um, I'm just trying to, to get where I need to go. Um, so I get my lab work done. I had to have blood drawn. Um, <clears throat> and then I had to like leave and walk to another part of the hospital, answer all the same damn questions again. <laughs> uh, and they were like, and I told them like, okay, I'm, I'm here. I've done my blood work. I'm here to have an ultrasound. Oh, you're in the wrong place. And I was like, no, I, I, I have an ultrasound. And they were like, no, you need to go back to labs. And they were like, oh, are you pregnant? Like, oh, okay. Congratulations. Go upstairs. And I'm like, ah, like I'm not pregnant anymore. Um, so I go upstairs and I'm, I'm waiting on my uh, ultrasound and all these just adorable women are bopping in and out of the office with their little bellies and their masks on. And there was even like a teenager that came in and was like visibly pregnant. And I'm, I'm just like sitting here, like, this is a teenager that doesn't even want a baby. Like there's all these women in here that are pregnant and I like my baby just died. Um, and that was hard. And you know, you're hearing the receptionist tell people congratulations and you know, you're just sitting there. Um, so I got called back to do my ultrasound. Um, and they were very quiet. Like, I think, I think they um, probably already knew. Like, I don't know if my doctor or the nurse had, like, filled them in. Um, but she kind of asked me. She was like, well, how far along do you think you are? And I was like, I, I, I really didn't say much. I said, I honestly don't know. Um, and again, like, now, after the fact, I know that I was almost seven weeks. Um, 
<clears throat> so I just really didn't say much. And she was doing, I guess it's the transvaginal ultrasound. She's doing this and she's, you know, like moving it around and, and she's going, no, I, I just don't see anything. And I, I didn't say anything. I just, I was like, I know you don't see anything. I'm just thinking like, I know I couldn't even look at the screen because I knew there was nothing there. Um, <clears throat> and, and then, um, I, I guess my doctor like knew, like once she knew that it was a miscarriage, she didn't want me to wait around. So she came in, um, or the nurse told me like, your doctor is going to see you now. Like you, you can, you know, get cleaned up and you can just wait. Um, <clears throat> and I, I think she didn't want me to have to wait around, like knowing that it was a miscarriage and I already knew. So she like, I, and again, I feel so lucky because not lucky, but I've heard some of these stories where, <clears throat> where like women have had really just not kind, not necessarily not kind, but not very um, thoughtful nurses, or they haven't gotten the best care or gotten everything they needed. And every nurse that I talked to was like so wonderful. My nurse, my doctor, my OB was so wonderful. Um, and she was like, I, I didn't have, I didn't want you to have to wait. Um, I just wanted to fit you in before my lunch break. So she basically like skipped her lunch break to go ahead and immediately get me in. And she was like, it, you know, you probably already know this, but you've had a miscarriage. Um, and she was like, it looks like everything has passed and, you know, your uterine wall is very thin, um, <clears throat> which is good. It means we don't have to do a DNC or anything like that or do the medicine. Um, and I've like held it together so well until this point. I'm like trying so hard not to cry and just be calm. And I just started wailing. <laughs> and my poor doctor is sitting there and she's got like her face shield on and her, her mask. Um, and she was sitting and she was like holding her hands. Um, together. And she was like, I'm, I'm holding my hands together because I want to hug you and I can't. And she was like, I'm just so sorry. Um, and she said, you know, all the things they normally say, she was like, it looks like this was probably, you know, glided over or a chemical pregnancy. That's what it's technically called. Um, but she was like, I know the minute that you find out you're pregnant, you're a mom. And, and, you know, of course they say, this doesn't mean you're not going to be a mom or go on to have healthy pregnancies. Um, and she asked if I had any questions. And I, I'm still like trying not to cry at this point. So of course I have questions, but I can't get them out. Like I can't say anything. And I just wanted to get out of there as quick as I can. Um, so she basically told me like, you know, um, take a month. Um, don't have sex for a month. Don't use tampons because you could get an infection. Um, you know, take a month. And then when you get your period again, um, and we're going to have you track your HCG levels when they level back out. Um, you guys can start trying again. And she said, you know, I'll see you in November for your regular appointment unless you're pregnant before then. Um, so I'm trying to like pull myself together and I'm like, okay, I have to get myself home now. Um, so I go home and I got back online. Like I think I fixed my makeup and uh, I took a shower um, and I just stood in the shower and, and cried and cried. Um, and I like fixed my makeup and, and, got back on the computer and started teaching my kids. <laughs> so I think I wanted to jump back into work to kind of um, distract. So <clears throat> I'm, I'm teaching like Zoom violin lessons, which is so strange. Um, <laughs> the whole thing, is, the whole pandemic is just so bizarre. But I'm teaching my violin lessons. Um, and I think um, I tried to get all my lessons done for the day. And then I, I don't even know what I did. Like my husband just came home at some point and I was, I was ready to go to bed. Like it was like five 30 and I was like, okay, I'm just, let's just go to bed at five 30 at night. <laughs> and he was like, um, 
no, like, I think we, you know, he, he was, he was so supportive. Um, and he was so helpful and he was like, no, like, I don't, it's a little too early for bed. Like, I think we need to do something, you know? So he was really amazing, um, about trying to keep me busy. So he kept me like walking the dogs. I think like that first or second night, um, he made chocolate chip cookies with me and like got out my Disney trivia game out of the closet and played Disney trivia with me. Like he, he was really good the first week about just trying to do anything to keep my mind off of things. Um, so I kept working and, and all that. Um, and we just, we tried to stay busy. Um, I started reaching out to people that I knew had had miscarriages. Um, probably about a week later, I told all the people that I had told I was pregnant. I, you know, I had to go back and tell them, of course, my mom was upset. Um, and I, I think probably all moms do this, but she kind of did the whole, are you sure? Like, are you sure it wasn't twins? And there's one still in there. And I, you know, I know she was just being helpful, but I was like, no, no, there's nothing. My baby's gone. <laughs> um, so again, we tried to stay busy. Um, we scheduled some camping trips. We went camping, which was really great. Um, and I found your podcast. I actually found it the day that I was sitting in the waiting room. I was reading um, Dr. Sunita Osborne's book. The, I think it's the miscarriage map, like what to expect when you're not expecting. Um, and that was super, super helpful. So um, I was reading that. And then I think I'd started hearing about um, a podcast that she did. And so I listened to that and then found yours. Um, so I listened to that. And I started like talking to people that had had miscarriages. Um, and I, I like, I found it was helpful. So I talked to another, another friend who had had a miscarriage and like just kind of shared the whole story. Um, and it was hard. Um, I, you know, it was very hard to share, but I found that it was helpful. So um, <clears throat> then I wanted to like reach out and go on the podcast. So hopefully um, maybe I could help someone else who's gone through this during the pandemic. So most of my friends were like really incredible. Um, I, I, you know, of course, a couple of people said things, you know, that weren't overly helpful, but for the most part, people were really great. Um, my brother and sister-in-law sent me flowers. Um, I had people send me gifts, like, uh, my school nurse friend sent me a little nurse, a little bracelet that said, like, you're going to be okay. Um, and I wear that. And someone else sent me a little necklace, you know, that has a little angel wing and, you know, a little January birthstone for the baby. Um, you know, and that, that was nice. Uh, probably the most helpful thing that someone said to me, um, my best friend keeps saying like, this is not the end of your story. Like, this is not it. Um, and that was incredibly helpful for me. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of the whole story of, you know, of our loss. Um, we waited the three or four weeks and I was like super cranky and like stressed. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, what if my period never comes back? <laughs> which is not logical, but I was like, I was just thinking like, what if it's, what if I'm one of those people that it takes weeks and weeks and weeks and we can never start trying again. Um, so <clears throat> that was hard. Like just that waiting period. Um, you know, that, that was tough. I finally got my period back and that was exciting. And I was like hopeful again. Um, and we actually started trying again a month ago and then, um, I got my period yesterday. And so that was upsetting. It was like a whole, it was like a whole nother, um, it was like, oh, you're bleeding again and you don't want to be, like you're not pregnant again. Um, and that was hard. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to be hopeful. I think that's the hardest thing, but I'm trying to like be hopeful and positive and not stay in that dark place because I think um, if it's your first baby that you miscarry, there's always this dark thought of like, 
what if I'm one of those women that can't carry a child? Mm-hmm. Like, what if, I, what if I can't have a baby? Um, yeah. And that's hard. That's, that's really hard. So, yeah. I so, agree. So that's where we are. We're trying again, but, like, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I love the, um, this is not the end of your story comment. That's like probably the, one of the best comments somebody could probably say. (laughs) It is. is. I was like, it was the most helpful thing. Um, Yeah. I haven't heard that yet. Yeah, it was, it was. Um, and I had another friend too, like, I feel like sometimes you get the, well, this is God's plan comment. And like, Mm -hmm. we're faithful people. Like I love God. I know he loves me, (laughs) but it's not Um, what you want to (laughs) hear. what I want to hear. I I had another friend tell me like, it's okay. Like you can be angry at God and it is okay right now. And I was like, that's good. Cause I'm fucking angry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm angry. And she was like, that's fine. Like he can handle your anger. Um, and that was another thing that was just really, really good to hear. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of where we're at. Um, I'm trying not to like think about those dark thoughts. Um, it's also hard. Like I'm angry at my body and I'm trying not to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I actually, when I was in college, I struggled with an eating disorder. So I've already gone down the whole road of like hating your body and like that Mm -hmm. whole route. And I'm like, I can't go down that, that path again. Um, So it's, it's hard though. Cause you're like looking around and like everywhere you go, you're like, oh, there's a pregnant woman. Oh, I got Mm -hmm. a pregnancy now in the mail. Oh, like, look at this woman that has five kids. Like every, it seems like every other woman can have kids. And you're like, why can't my body do this thing? that everybody else is doing. Um, and it's hard. I, you know, you try to remind yourself, like, it's really early, like, you know, one in four women have miscarriages and like, you literally got pregnant on the first try. Um, and now you have one month that you didn't get pregnant, like calm down. But my brain doesn't want to hear that. <laughs> no, I mean, that's totally normal. I, I was the same way. Yeah. Uh, I always ask at the end of every episode, if you have one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? Um, I think like the two things really helped me. Um, I actually really loved, um, Dr. Sunita Osborne's book. Uh, that was she's amazing for me. She's amazing. Yeah. And I've listened to your two podcasts that she's been on and they were great too. Um, it just validated so many of my feelings. Like one of the things she said was like, um, you know, mothers are so amazing and you know, everyone just, just looks at moms as like these wonderful, special people that they are. And like the minute you find out you're pregnant, you're a mom and you're like so excited. And then it's like they just, and she says this in her book, like they, that, that membership card just got snatched away. Like mm-hmm. now I'm not a mom anymore. And, you know, and it's nice when people are like, oh, well, you're, you're a mom to your angel baby. And you're like, that's fine, but I'm not, a, I don't feel like a mom. Um, yeah. So her book was really helpful. It just, it validated so many of the things that I was feeling. And I was like, oh, I'm not crazy. Somebody else feels these things. <laughs> so, so her book was really great. Um, and also just to reach out, like I actually um, posted publicly on Instagram and that was helpful. Um, I wasn't going to, and then I was like, well, I'm doing this podcast and I'm telling other people, like I might as well. Um, and I had so many people reach out to me, um, and tell me like, oh, this is my story. And now I have a healthy baby or I've had this many. Um, I actually had a friend reach out to me and she had a miscarriage at exactly the same time as me. Um, and so we've kind of been like buddies, miscarriage buddies (laughs) now. And we're like texting each other when we're anxious. Um, you know, and so reaching out to people and, and finding like who is helpful to talk to. Like if someone mm-hmm. is not helpful for you to talk to, you don't have to talk to them. Um, so I have the people that I can text and be like, I'm not okay today. Like I need to tell you that I'm not okay. And they're there for me, but, but, you know, definitely find the people that are supportive and can help you. Um, yeah. So, yeah. 
I agree. Now, if somebody wants to reach out to you, where could they do so? Um, Instagram is probably best. Um, I check that probably more often than I should. (laughs) (laughs) Same. (laughs) All right. Well, I will go ahead and I'll link your Instagram in the description of this episode. Thank you so much for feeling the pull to jump on and share. We all really appreciate it. And I couldn't do this without you girls. (laughs) Yes. Well, we will chat soon. Best of luck for everything in the future and you'll have to keep us posted. Okay. I will. Thank you. All right. we'll We'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together. Just